and we're back. Welcome back to the Coruscant Nights podcast. Excited to have you here. My name is Cooper, and alongside me, as always, is Jack. Hello. How are you doing, Jack? Yeah, I'm not doing too bad. It's been a pretty good week, so good. excited. Mark is unable to join us this week due to unforeseen circumstances. We are wishing Mark the best, and he will be here hopefully next week, uh, where we can discuss episode five. But today, we are talking about The Mandalorian season three, episode four. Now, before we get into it, just a reminder, we do have social media on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. We are now on TikTok, so if you want to go check out some edits, which Jack's doing, um, or just get some updates on videos and their releases, just go follow us. It's under Coruscant Nights as well. All right, so getting straight into the episode, this one was a bit of a shorter episode, only 32 minutes long. It was called The Foundling, and it was directed by the very talented Carl Weathers. Mm. Now, Jack, what did you think of the episode overall? Uh, Overall, I thought it was another pretty strong episode for the culture of Mandalorians, but however, I think there's still no greater story beats and depth in terms of what is actually leading to the finale or Mm. the later half of it, because we're up to episode four, which is half of the season already, and I just think... We, we are getting entertaining episodes, but there's just no greater level after that, in my opinion. So, I'm, I'm a little bit sad about that, but we, we shall see in the future. Yeah. I'll, I'll just interject quickly with a comment. I was chatting with uh, one of my friends yesterday, and I was saying that unlike in seasons one and two, where uh, you knew what the overall story was, but there was still intrigue as to what was happening, mm. you don't know the overall story of this one. And it's kind of hard to be intrigued by it because you don't know where it's going. Season 2, it was about trying to find a Jedi, but mm. you didn't know what the Jedi was. Season 1 was about trying to get the uh, Grogu to safety, but you didn't know what was going to happen. Mm. But you kind of knew what was going to happen with uh, Moff Gideon coming in and that Imperial threat. So, it's just kind of lacking from this season. Yeah, I think that they started the season off by having all the trailers and all the stuff lead to the him bathing in the living waters, which yeah. which has happened in like the first two and a half ish episodes. But other than that, we're really blinded. But which is good in terms of creativity, like they have a lot of room to to grow here and wiggle. I guess you could say, but there's still no actual greater threat or like leading yeah. to further seasons so far. So it's interesting. Yeah, I I agree with you a hundred percent and. I mean, I feel like maybe we got a little bit of a tease with that in episode three with um, Dr. Pershing, but yeah. even then, there's been nothing nothing added to that since. So, I mean, I guess the intrigue is still there, but it's, it's hard to follow along with the actual overarching story. Yeah, I agree completely. All right, so since this is a shorter episode, we're going to do something a little bit different, kind of similar to last week, but I'm going to quickly go through the plot because there's only two major plot lines in this and they're all relatively uh, quick and then we'll just go into what we liked, what we disliked, some little things we picked up. So, it's a nice little concise episode here. Mm. So, we'll get into the the plot. So, we start off with the training sequence with the Mandalorians on their planet, which we still don't have a name for. Mm. Um, Grogu is kind of learning how to embrace the Mandalorian culture and become a Mandalorian. And then a dragon, which is crazy to think that we have dragons in Star Wars, comes up and actually comes out of nowhere and takes mm. 
takes one of the Mandalorian foundlings, as we know as Ragnar. Later yeah, on. <laughs> which we learn is Paz Vizsla's son, mm. which I didn't really uh, mm. predict. Jack, yeah. Jack thought I kind of had a hint about that in the first episode, but yeah, yeah. Then our Mandalorian heroes of Bo-Katan, Mando, and Paz Vizsla, they go try and chase the dragon and get uh, Ragnar back, uh, but they run out of fuel. <laughs> which I think was a little funny, mm. and they return and have to uh, strategize. But actually, I forgot one thing. There's this really cool shot mm. of bo ship chasing after the dragon into the sun. Um, that's just great cinematography from Carl Weathers. Yeah. I think that was a really nice shot. And we've both agreed that we thought it reminded us of a scene in The Force Awakens. With the ties. With the TIE fighters mm. coming out from the sun um, on Jakku when they're chasing... Ray and Finn. Mm -hmm. So that was a... I don't think it was an intentional callback, but it was nice to see that similarity. Mm. Then, um, the, the the group of Mandalorians, they fly off to the nest of the dragon, and we are left with the armorer and Grogu, who kind of discuss and kind of relive Grogu's um, past, and specifically uh, the night of Order 66, where we see a bunch of stuff happen. Mm. Um, we kind of we actually see baby baby Yoda. He you, you can actually see cute. the aging actually now in the puppet of from that flashback to now. Like it actually shows a big discrepancy yeah. in kind of how much he actually has aged since the Night of Order sixty six. Yeah, but I think it was interesting seeing like again the Jedi's defend you know other younglings and stuff. However, I'm still on the fence about the visuals. That every time we get the flashback, it's mm. happened now again. It's just the lightsabers looks like almost like a glow stick because it's so just perfect there's no vibration there's no moving or flowing of the light it's just kind of stagnated and i don't know if that's just disney or if that's just updated graphics or it just doesn't correlate to the prequels in my opinion but it's really cool seeing um the clone troopers and the 501st and everyone trying to just take out the jedi again it's always interesting to see that yeah it is grogu is sent to a jedi called kelleran beck which is re- who's played by um, the very wonderful Ahmed Best, mm. who it's great to see him come back into Star Wars in in a role that's um, more heroic, I guess you and, could say, and, and more um, you can see his face this time yeah. when he was played Jar Jar being it was like a suit, like a, almost like a cosplay thing. Yeah. So it's good to see him finally like live out kind of everyone's fantasy of becoming a Jedi, which is always so cool to see. And it's good that we're all welcoming and receptive of him this time around compared to the first, which is a lot better. And I'm proud yeah. of. I've been seeing a lot of um, positive reactions on social media mm. about um, his return, which it's great to see because no actor should have to go through that sort of treatment uh, from, from the, 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 from the community. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, we even saw that with Hayden Christensen after... And um, Kelly Tran. Yeah, and it's just, it's not it's not fair to them because they didn't do anything wrong. Mm. They're just acting the parts that they were they were told to act. So, mm. but anyway, it's great to see that almost redemption yeah. type of thing. So, yeah. it was great to see. Um, Kelleran is wielding two lightsabers, which <laughs> yeah. I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, we get to see a bit of action. Reminded me a bit, I don't know if you remember from the Clone Wars, but there was a particular episode mm. uh, with Kit Fisto fighting General Grievous. And Kit Fisto, I think it might have been his apprentice that died, but... Um, oh, the Grievous Lair place. Yeah, yeah, but he, Kit Fisto, wheels two lightsabers, green and a blue, and mm. starts fighting Grievous. That just reminded me of that a little bit. I thought that was cool. Kit Fisto W. Such yeah. a good character. Yeah. 
It's a shame he died yeah. so easily as well. Literally, yeah. Oh, God. We can talk about yeah. that. No, we can talk about that later. <laughs> uh, so, Kellerin takes uh, Grogu to along a, in a, on a speeder bike mm. uh, through Coruscant, away from the temple. Which is uh, burning again. Which is burning again. <laughs> as a LAAT gunship, or a light gunship, is chasing them. I thought it was cool to see them back after... Um, their appearances in the prequels. Especially the sounds of those guys. Oh, yeah. just so memorable. And I mean, I guess we've been getting some of that from uh, the Bad Batch mm. as well. Yeah. And obviously they're being modified in the Bad Batch, but it's still cool to see them in live action mm. again. Uh, there's a really cool scene where they go through a tunnel and uh, Beck steers his speeder bike out of the way so that... Um, the train in the tunnel collides with the light gunship. Thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. Then uh, Kelleran gets Grogu to safety on a Naboo, a modified Naboo ship, mm-hmm. and some Naboo uh, guards. royal guards. They fight off the pursuing clone troopers. And yet again, the sound effects in every Star Wars show in any piece of media is always top notch. And yeah. I loved hearing the Naboo uh, guns fire again. Oh, the yeah. iconic sound from Phantom Menace is so good to hear again. It was it was mm. great to see. It'd be good to see Naboo uh, kind of after. after everything. I mean, the Tales of the Jedi is the most after revenge well, that we've seen. No, not true. Really? If I mean, we spoke about this last week, but if you still consider the Star Wars Battlefront oh, 2 campaign yeah. canon... Can't say that I remember playing... After playing it once, I can't Leia, really remember much Le- of There's it. a mission with Leia on yeah. um, Naboo, and that's, that's fighting true. off the Stormtroopers, so... Um, I mean... Let's just talk about Star Wars media aside from games. Yeah, so. okay, <laughs> alright, yeah. So the latest we have seen is in Tales of the Jedi, then. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> away from that sidetrack... Um, that's kind of where we end the Grogu flashback. I will talk about it a bit in a minute. Uh, back to the the Mandalorian plot. They've tracked down the nest of this dragon. They climb up and go and rescue uh, Paz Vizsla's son. And as they are kind of flying after the dragon who was taken off with the kid. Actually, the dragon re- regurgitates the kid. Yeah, it so does. it's babies, which is kind of weird. And it's also like, the kid isn't even remotely damaged, really. I, I was know. like, not even acid or like I anything. I was like, what's going on here? But anyway, then we'll just... Simple answer. Plot armor. Plot armor. Because <laughs> it's Ragnar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my favourite character, Ragnar. Ragnar. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad Ragnar survived. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, they're chasing after the dragon... Bogatan goes for the eye, stabs the eye, and um, kind of that seals the deal. Mando hooks the dragon's wing actually, oh, yeah. and that that um, and then goes with his vibro blade into the dragon's uh, arm or hand, whatever you want to call it, claw, 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 which is holding Ragnar and cuts that claw to um, let go of the kid, and he catches him midair, and you hear that yep. Mandalorian theme once again. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and then the dragon falls into the water, and surprise, surprise. <laughs> That creature from the first episode of The Mandalorian goes, comes out of the water and eats it. Yep. A, uh, uh, probably always a bigger fish. Yeah, predictable ending to that scene. And then we end the episode back in the camp. Uh, Bo-Katan is talking Ooh. to the armorer and getting a new a shoulder plate because that was damaged. And Signet. And Signet, yeah. She wants the myth saw and she's basically saying she saw one, but the armorer doesn't really believe her. And that's kind of... Mm where we leave the episode so we'll get into some specifics now i want to talk about the dragon quickly there is bokatan calls it a raptor so we are getting dinosaurs well dragon dinosaur it 
it's, it's kind of what it was. Yeah. And I just think it was interesting that we're getting, like, similar to not real life. I mean, more to fan- uh, fantasy outside of Star Wars. Like, when you think of um, other fantasy series, Game there's Drag- Game of Thrones, uh, for example. You get dragons um, and the names even are similar. But Star Wars is its own thing. They've got so many creatures and so many different names. Why can't they just go with something unique? Make a, a weird creature. Yeah, yeah. Why does it have to be a dragon? I mean, I'm not disappointed by it, but it just it felt kind of forced. Like, and it was felt very dry creatively. Yeah, there wasn't much thought process. I think to that they're like, oh, we need some other beast to ensue this uh, kind of Mandalorian chase I with feel them like, and yeah. boarding party esque type of thing. I don't know. Once again, it's just it's entertaining to watch, but it really makes no sense in the greater scheme of things. And even for the episode on its own, like, why did they need to have this kind of thing like it could have almost been just a training grogu development story-esque and didn't really need this ragnar rescue thing which felt a bit weird i mean i don't know i feel like they needed an aerial threat and i mean you look at what's probably a predator in the sky you can't really have a bird or a big bird because that's not really (laughs) it's not really gonna be the yellow suit comes out (laughs) (laughs) no you can't have that so i mean you think of dragon i think it looked good the dragon looked good cgi wise it looked unreal actually it looked really good and i guess we're getting but again the issue is with with you have so many different types of creatures in star wars it just bringing in stuff that we're already used to from other franchises and other series and just dragons are pretty much known overall in general it just doesn't feel like very star warsy in mm. my opinion uh, another point on the dragons and it's actually about the babies oh those babies they bring them back the the mandalorians bring them back on bo-katan's ship <laughs> those babies are massive and there was three of them. And there was three of them. And how on earth did they fit on that ship with all of the other Mandalorians? And without on there? any of them being eaten, because they're literally hostile animals and creatures. And what I find even more crazier is that there are only two Mandalorians who are dragging them, them off the ship. Mm. Only two. Yeah. That's, like, surely not one person can hold just one of them actually no sorry i take that back because mm. i did notice one of them was carrying like a, a steak kind of thing he was too. meat yeah yeah so um luring him i guess yeah but they're definitely going to be useful for later on some sort of foreshadowing them ride three people riding them into yeah. some sort of battle maybe against tie interceptors or something you never know wait and see that'd be pretty cool actually i don't know how animals useful... versus tie interceptors yeah. would be pretty i don't know how useful baby dragons are going to be though uh, against TIE Fighters. I mean, maybe just enough aerial just to get them into the air and not use all the Mandalorian jetpack fuel, yeah. <laughs> as we saw later on. Actually, on that note, I just want to uh, mention the, the jetpack scenes. They looked oh. really good. Oh, yeah. I think, I mean, we obviously got a couple of jetpack scenes with Mando last season, um, and even in season one at the very end when he's flying against Moff Gideon. But this was cool to see it kind of through the canyon mm. and chasing after something. It felt like a high-stakes kind of chase and just having them kind of zip around through the sky. It was really cool to see. Mm. I feel like we're going to get more of that too because I think the only thing from the trailer we haven't seen yet is the Mandalorians dropping into that yeah. city-esque, it looks like a bit. It almost reminded me of Navarro, but... We'll... 
we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll wait yeah. and see. I'd also like to talk about Grogu quickly. There's a couple of things. First of all, the puppeteering, again, was fantastic. I think the emotions that Grogu displays and the ear movements and the mouth movement and the eye movement are all fantastic. And when he looks sad, you feel sad as the audience. It's really, like, hard he, to watch. He almost... He looked very different, actually, in my opinion, in this episode to, like, even the he previous did. one. I don't know if that's because... It was, like, more close-ups of him, and we don't usually get close-ups of Grogu that much anymore. It's all, like, him on the ground. Yeah. But he looked almost... He, like, he looked like he's aged, like, 10 years over one episode. Yeah. He looked very, like, not as baby cute, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if that's because I wanted to show the, the difference of his flashback look to now to make it more obvious. I don't know. But... That might have been it. Yeah. Um, we also get more Grogu speedy walk. Which is always fun to watch. So, so weird. Don't yeah. know why in Speedwalk. I mean, I think the best walking scene I've seen of Grogu, and it wasn't even when he was walking, was in the Book of Boba Fett when Luke was lifting him with the Force and jumping alongside him. Mm. Uh, but obviously you can't do that because there's no Force user slash Jedi around at the moment. Up. <laughs> Lifts himself up. <laughs> yeah. Actually, on that note, again, the jumping oh, during the, the, jumping. the gunslinger scene was a little bit... Weird. Weird. It just looks so like they lift up a toy, placed him on the ground and threw him up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of just looks so Quite like... literally. It, I'm like, I know that they're trying to keep it practical, not CGI, but we saw CGI Yoda in Attack of the Clones flipping, even in Revenge of the Sith flipping around against Dooku and Sidious. Why Why mm. can't we have CGI jumps? Just to mm. make it look at least a little bit cleaner, but exactly. wait and see for that. That's it. Uh, also, one more thing on Grogu. He does get given a new piece of armour in this episode. Mm. It's like a little circle chest plate with the mud horn on it. Um, I don't really know... I'm a bit what... conflicted about that, actually, now that you say that. Yeah, it's... It's like a, ch- it's like a chain necklace. It's like a necklace. Well, I don't really understand why, why he needs it if he's already got the armour armor. already. I mean, so... I definitely... Oh, once again, I reckon this is foreshadowing. He's going to get shot in that chest. Yes, he And will. everyone's going to be like, oh, but then, oh, wait a second, that's right, he has that thing. Yeah, exactly. It's going to exactly. be like something like that, which I've... is going to be a lack. I reckon if there was um, like odds on that, I reckon mm. it's pretty high. Pretty high that that would happen. <laughs> but also, why, why, like I understand that he's small and stuff, but he's not going to grow that much. So if you really want to give him a new piece of armor, couldn't you just give him like an actual like not like a full chest plate, but like not chainmail, maybe like like a bit more like what's it called yeah. solid material? Because that's what it almost looked like they did, but it just looks funky having a, a circular. Thing. Yeah, it looks really weird. Mando also drops uh drops the, uh, a note that Grogu is too young to wear a helmet. Because he can't speak the creed. Yeah. You have to speak the creed to wear a helmet. I thought that was actually quite interesting, and it's good as well that we're kind of moving that Mandalorian culture into mm. Grogu. Um, it's also good that we know what um, like kind of the lore is behind that now, because um I mean, even with that, with Ragnar at the start of the season, how old do you reckon he is? Maybe 10, 11? I was going to say, like, 9 to 10. Oh, okay. Because he's very small. Yeah, he he's is. He's very small. He's a small kid. Braddy. So maybe, yeah, you're right, maybe 10, 10, 9, 10, 11, yeah. around that mark. I mean, Grogu's like 55 years old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, he's old as hell. Yeah. And it's actually funny how Mandalorian calls them apprentices. Apprentices, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is like linking back to the Jedi culture, which also shows that maybe the Mandalorian and Jedi culture is actually not as far fetched from each other as we might have thought originally. Yeah. 
So that's about everything that we spotted in this episode. It was a shorter episode. There wasn't a whole lot. It, it kind of it wasn't really filler episode, but there wasn't any major story progression, which was interesting. So, um, yeah. Do you have any final thoughts, Jack? Um, look, I'm gonna be honest. It's it, at this point in, in the season and time, we can't really we can theorize about almost anything due to there being no really greater development. Like, yeah. it's not even like. We know Moff's returning, so like even if we saw Moff in the, the the third episode, we could have been like, oh, maybe he comes back and he's gonna be the one to capture Grogu again. Like, there's just nothing. You can't. You can almost theorize about anything. Anyone, anything can happen. Anyone can come back. So it's yeah. almost like, what, where do we go from here? We need something more greater for the plot next episode for us to really get into this season. We also need a longer episode because I think three out of four episodes being under 40 minutes is really concerning. Mm, Especially after this big two-year gap we had between season three and four, which is almost making me more angry about this season already due to the longer wait time. And the other seasons were already four episodes in, even with the lack of maybe story. It was so much... So much more Mandalorian action, in my opinion, and this Mandalorian-esque vibe, you know? It's gone. It's going away from the bounty hunter type thing. And yeah, more exactly. Into... Yeah. There's no more. Ba- there's like no more bounty hunters at all. I just yeah. realised that the Mandalorian was a bounty hunter. He was. Now he's like a family dad now. Only at the most. Yeah. Like it's like what's happening. I don't know. I mean, just quickly going to the book of Boba Fett's side when we saw him trying to return to the bounty hunter ways, he didn't really grasp or get back into it fully. So I don't know if that's just his changed mindset or changed well, attitude. He did, he did to get the information. Like he did, um, he did at the start with the dark saber when we first saw him actually wield it. It was that was like one of my co- coolest, one of my favorite scenes with Mandalorian actually. Yeah. When when he threw that guy on that table and like sliced to cap- him. Oh no, he didn't capitate him. Yeah. He did after behind closed doors. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's 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 gonna be interesting to see where it goes. For yeah. Sure. So that's about it from us. Um, next week we'll be back with the fifth episode of Mandalorian Season 3. We'll also have some videos about Bad Batch coming out um, in a couple weeks, uh, just giving our thoughts on the season. And YouTube video, a new one will be coming out in April, uh, so stay tuned. I I actually did this one, so I'm excited. Excited for you guys to see it. Um, And... Uh, That's just about it from us, like we said before, but um, we'd like to have another shout-out for our Patreon subscribers, Ben and Nikita again for the yeah. continuous support and we do appreciate if you guys want to even just do one month or you can cancel it after a month even just any sort of support for us is really appreciated it'll help a lot yeah. help grow our channel and our whole um, idea of what we want to do in the future which is really good so yeah. thank you very much yeah. alright thanks for tuning in we'll see you next week thanks for listening to the Coruscant Nights podcast don't forget to follow us on social media on Instagram Facebook and YouTube Go check us out on Patreon if you want more content from us or if you want to support our growth. And once again, thanks for listening. And from the Coruscant Knights team, may the Force be with you.